So what happens when you combine my insane curiosity with some of the world's most interesting people? You end up with incredible conversations full of stories, insights, and the defining moment that made them who they are today. This is The David Spizak Show. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to join me. You know, today on my automotive podcast, I want to talk about the fact that I believe that there are significant signals that are indicative that we are likely to see OEM programs return. Now, I know there's some programs out there. I know that there's a handful of models that they're putting decent interest rates on, maybe a couple special leases here and there. But you know, like I know, that we are missing. We're we're far short of the programs that we used to have. You remember when the pandemic started, right away the OEMs responded, some of them with as long as 84-month financing at 0% interest. Wow. Pre-pandemic, it wasn't unusual at all to have subsidized rates, to have subsidized residuals, um, and that allowed people to buy their dream cars for very affordable payments, and that was great. Why? It allowed them to be able to easily afford making their payments And in turn, at some point when that lease term came up or their financial term came close, it allowed them to be in a position to buy another car and another car and another car. And that's important because without having that sustainability from our clients, without being able to retain our clients, where would we be? Well, we all know the answer to that. So I wanted you to check something out. I was looking at a recent Wall Street Journal article And it made mention of the fact that just five years ago, five years ago, there were 12 new car models that you could buy for under $20,000. This year, there's one. It's a Mitsubishi Mirage, a stripped Mitsubishi Mirage. And nobody's even that interested in those cars. I mean, we sold 7.7 million cars in the first half of this year. And that Mitsubishi Mirage, maybe it's production, availability, I don't know. Maybe it's just not that compelling. But they've only sold 5,300 of those out of 7.7 million cars. The average price of a new car is getting closer and closer to $50,000. We have one car under 20 grand. Average cars at 50,000. Yes, that includes Fiat. Yes, that includes Civics. Yes, that includes Hyundais. It includes everything. So how is that possible? Because while the number of cars under 20,000 has gone from 12 to one in just five years, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We now have 32 models and growing that sell for over $100,000. Now, I'm not talking about loaded versions of those models. I'm talking about base price. So is it any wonder that we're seeing a higher and higher percentage of loans go over four digits? We're getting close to 20% of all loans being $1,000 or more. It's never happened before. And you know, it sounds great. And partially it is great. I mean, OEMs have benefited greatly from selling these higher-priced vehicles. Why? They've got higher margins. 
And you know what? A dealer has to find a customer to find a home for that car, to sell that car for them to be able to hopefully make a profit. The OEMs make a profit as soon as they drop that car at the dealership. Why? The dealer is their customer. So this is important. We have used cars uh, that can be an alternative, and we're seeing that be an alternative for more and more customers. And while used car prices have reduced from the mid 30s, 33, 34,000 plus, as they were less than a year ago, to the now current level of 27,000, the reality is that's still 30% higher than it was just back in 2019 when the average used car was around 20 grand, 19 to 20 grand. I mentioned the average new car payment is $750. The average interest rate is 9.5%. The average used car interest rate is 13.7%. The average loan term is now six years, just under six years. What does all this mean? Well, for starters, I think that both automotive dealers and their buyers should be applauded for their resiliency despite all of these headwinds. The buyers still are figuring out a way to get the cars that they want or need. And the dealers, as always, are adapting, as always, are resilient and figuring out a way to remain relevant. And thank God they are, because in most areas, it is that dealer that contributes more to those communities, to those nonprofits, to the little leagues, to the schools, and to the tax base than virtually any other business in those communities. But the trouble is that problems may be looming. Trouble may be looming for both customers and dealers. Why? Well, I'll start with this. Severe delinquency on a seasonalized basis is at the highest level since 2006. And you remember 2006, right? 2006, we were kind of careening down uh, towards a big financial event in this country, and it wasn't good for the economy and most people in this country. If you focus on specifically, just, just for now, focus specifically on loans, think about this. If we focus on loans that were created in the first half of last year, which is when prices peaked, their performance has actually been even worse from a delinquency perspective. Both defaults and mispayments are rivaling or even outpacing what we saw in 2008. And you do remember 2008, don't you? 2008 was the leading edge of the big recession. It's when we went from selling about 17.3 million cars down to 9.5 million the housing crisis, the banking crisis, automotive bailouts, airlines had to be bailed out. It was a tough time, man. Now, the bottom line is I believe that it's time for our OEM partners to come back to the table with more compelling consumer offerings as we close out 2023 and move into 2024. 
As I mentioned, they've benefited significantly from the average MSRP being close to 50000 Just Just a few years ago was mid-30s. They've benefited from focusing on building higher content, more expensive models. The versions of the same models oftentimes, but now heavier content that costs more money. So for example, maybe it's a Suburban, maybe it's a Tahoe, maybe it's an F-150, maybe it's a Dodge Ram. Same models, more expensive. In addition to that, they've increased the MSRPs. And all that translates into higher margins and greater profitability for them than they used to make on less expensive models. That's making it tougher than ever before to get people in the car they want. Making it tougher for dealers to help their customers get into the car they're looking to buy. Many are being forced to either buy a model different from what they originally intended, which is leading to unprecedented brand loyalty erosion, or perhaps buy a used car. Many people can't even afford a new car at this point anymore with the average price of 50 grand. And they don't have any other choice but to buy a used car. I also think it's time for OEMs to come back to the table with more compelling OEM to dealer programs because the reality is we're dealing with significant increases in year over year new car inventory. By the end of July, new car inventory this year was up 95% versus what it was one year previous, but sales were only have been up 12 to 15%. Now that's a heck of a gap. And dealers know in between that gap is a massive increase of floor plan expense, a huge increase in the cost of carrying those new cars and even those used cars. It's also forcing dealers to consider spending a lot more money in advertising as their inventory stacks up, as their day supply creeps up every single month, which is further eroding their net profit. So when you combine this with the massive increase in floor floor, floor plan costs, when you combine this with the fact that they're having to spend more in advertising, in order to hopefully boost their sales travel rates, it's really making it tougher and tougher for dealers to be able to maintain the profitability that they've had in recent years and for some dealers to maintain profitability at all. I can't even begin to tell you how many stores I've seen where they are currently unprofitable and just one year ago they were making decent, if not good, money. Some dealers, great money on the bottom line. Listen, both dealers and OEMs benefited during the pandemic and the supply chain shortage periods, but both of those things were out of their control and both adapted quite well in order to optimize the results. But this is different. What we're seeing right now isn't due to a pandemic. It's not due to external forces like supply chain issues, logistical issues, getting cars from boats onto trucks, transports over to the dealership. What we're seeing now is due to the OEM's desire and likely need to produce more cars and producing models that benefit their bottom line, but unfortunately oftentimes are not what the dealers want. 
which is simply what their customers are asking them for. This is resulting in a convergence of high interest rates, ever-increasing MSRPs, and ballooning new car inventories. And just as a convergence of low rates, low inventory, supply chain issues, and other factors created an extremely favorable net profit scenario for dealers in recent memory, these same factors are now conspiring against their profitability every day, every week, every month. So my hope is that our OEM partners respond to the key indicators and signals we're seeing now so that their dealer partners can do what they do best. Help their customers get into a car they need at terms that will allow them to comfortably afford their payments. This has always kept them coming back when it's time for their next car. If we keep going the way we are currently going, we will continue to experience a loss of brand loyalty, dealer profitability, and at the end of the day, customers. Because if those customers can't afford their car payments, at best, They'll make their payments somehow, but be forced to stay out of the market longer than intended. And at worst, they'll become part of an increasing repossession statistic that will keep them out of the market far longer than that. And if that happens, everyone loses. But what should you do right now while you're waiting for what's to come? First, you must know your numbers and your business like never before. I know. I know, you see your financial statements, maybe you're in a 20 group, and there's some dealers that flat get into the numbers, and boy, do I admire and respect you. But even you, I'm telling you, this is different. The dynamics have shifted tremendously, and it demands that you know your numbers and go deeper than before. Secondly, you must gain an even greater understanding of where your dealership is heading. You know, just... Three or four years ago, we had two things big time going in our favor. We had more inventory than we ever could have possibly needed. We had a whole bunch of things that were headwinds, not necessarily in our favor. Because of that oversupply of cars and and, 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 uh, we didn't have enough customers, you know, new car margins suffered, used car margins suffered. We had lower F&I, we had higher sales comp. We had higher overall staffing. We had lower net profit, lower net to gross, lower net to sale. You know, we had higher floor plan costs. We had to spend a ton on advertising to get a share of voice, buyer's consideration. It was tough. You don't believe me? Go back to 2018 when the average dealership lost about $13,000 combined new use parts and service departments. Yeah, those departments that we used to make money on. 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, they lost 13 grand after a year's worth of effort of all of their employees. And it was only because of the below the line programs offered by OEMs as part of that great partnership that allowed those dealers to establish profitability and keep their businesses going, keep their associates employed and keep contributing to that tax base and to their communities. So you need to gain a better understanding than you ever have before. Every single store in this country and every department in every store is on a trajectory. And if you don't understand what those trajectories are, how quickly they're moving, whether it's positive or negative momentum, whether it's accelerating or not, there's no way that you're going to be able to make the decisions that are necessary right now 
to be able to control your profitability. Third, you must up-level yourself. Start there. And literally every single person in your store, I didn't say your managers, I didn't say just your salespeople, your advisors, your technicians, everybody. Because doesn't it take the entire team's effort in order to create the best organization on earth? Yeah, it does. We need those support people, those valets, our office people, our administrative people, our receptionists to be better than they ever have before. Because that's going to create the highest efficiency, most productivity that we've ever had. That's going to create the best client experience that we could possibly deliver. And yeah, we got to up-level our salespeople. Let's face it, no offense to anybody out there. You can write me hate mail. It's cool. I'll respond. But the reality is we spent three years being wealthy clerks to now you know, well, let me back up pre-pandemic. We were starving salespeople that became wealthy clerks. And now we're in a transition back to being salespeople again. The reality is we would have sold the same exact cars for probably the same money if we had no salespeople in those stores, if it was all kiosks. But we need our salespeople. We needed them before the pandemic and we sure the heck need them now. So we must invest in those sales teams to up-level them, to teach them how to reinvent, how to be able to optimize every opportunity that you create through your advertising spend. And yeah, they deserve also to have their managers up-leveled. Because how are the salespeople going to grow if their managers are stuck in the same place they've been the last three years? Whether we want to buy into this or not, not only has our salespeople been trained and conditioned by the market the last three years, our managers largely have as well. We must invest in our managers. We must invest in our fixed operations departments. It's going to take a better team, a much better team, to win in today's market compared to the last three years. And last, unless you have validation, look at your numbers, look at your statement month after month, Look at your 20 group composites. Unless you have validation that you have all the right answers, the right plan, the right people, and the right processes, you should connect with me because I can help you. So first and foremost, thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Wishing you all the best for a highly successful remainder of 2023 and beyond. And I hope one way or another, maybe at an industry event, maybe through LinkedIn, or maybe by you going to www.davidspizak.com where you'll find other episodes like this, we'll have the opportunity to connect over a Zoom call, over a phone call, or hopefully maybe even in person. So you could reach me at that website. You could also reach me at 510-604-0308, or you could reach me at david at disruptivegrowthsolutions.com or david at davidspizak.com. One way or another, you can find me. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Again, wishing you and your team all the very best. And if you'd be so kind, take the time to leave a review, subscribe, download, or share this episode. And I look forward to seeing you again next time on The David Spizak Show. All the best.
been listening to The David Spizak Show. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button and leave a rating wherever you're listening right now. I look forward to having you back in the room where it happens. Oh,